0: This episode is brought to you by Cards Against Humanity. And they have asked us not to read an ad. So you should enjoy the show! Woo!
1: Coming this fall to Blurry Photos. A man with appetites.
2: My mom's making love for dinner.
1: A man with passions.
2: First ball, can I play?
1: A man with a problem. <gasps> what term is it? It's 10 o'clock, Tommy. Oh no! Tommy's back. You know that, that kid from last year's ghost stories? He was, he was supposed to get, pick up some liver for his mom. And, and But he got caught up playing baseball. And he pitched a shutout game. But it was too late. The store had closed. So what, what was he going to do? It, so it, what, he, he was by a cemetery. He cut, he cut a liver out of a dead guy. And they served it.
2: I'm a monster!
1: November 2016. Tommy's back. In his very own extra-sode.
2: Never a man should have furnished the juror
1: Because at the end, the old man came in, and it was the dead body, presumably of the guy he stole the liver. Well, it was. And, and anyway, he he came after Tommy, and that's. And they they screamed, and boy howdy, what a scary story.
2: No, it's Tammy's turn.
1: One man.
2: I'm a luvin' One
1: sequel.
2: That probably won't cover it.
1: And one sequel after that.
2: That'll do it.
1: This Thanksgiving, blurry photos is serving lerver. Lerver. Perfect Game Productions in association with Unnecessary Exposition. And the team that brought you Callback the movie. Tommy the Liver Stealing Kid in The Liver Trilogy, Parts 2 and 3.
2: There's 10. It's personals.
0: Here we go, here we go, here we go now.
2: I've got Gersberms from that intro. They're hard to get rid of. F***ing <laughs> Tommy, right?
0: Right? Am I right? Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. I am David Flora.
2: I am David Stecco.
0: Welcome to this, the final week of Blurry Photo what noises we do we associate with that? Lots of uh, lots of like horse whinnying. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think there's there's probably some like uh, screams. Uh huh. I think there's a, a little organ. Oh, that'll probably do it then. Yeah, that's that's probably all we need. Man, is this is is your watch working? I don't know. Mine's mine's mine looks a little slow. I don't know.
2: Oh, really? What time is yeah. it? Yeah.
0: Just kind of was hoping something would happen by now, but I guess it. I guess it's not.
2: Yeah. All right. Well. Anyway, uh, this week we've
0: got a lot- <laughs> glorious. You know Absolutely. that horseman man. I mean, give him a break. It's the fourth fourth week of Fotober. Third week. He's been out partying.
2: Is it the fourth week? It is the fourth week.
0: Sh. <laughs> October is done, dude. Yeah,
2: that's true. This is this is the the end of the tober. There's no more
0: tober. No tober.
2: No tober.
0: Ah, bittersweet, bittersweet. But you know what that means? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Ooh, well, means that we get some goofy ass ghost stories.
2: We do. We've got some really awesome ghost stories. They're pretty thorough. They they've got tingles and mingles. Galore.
0: And some of them have shingles, so stay away yeah. from those.
2: You know, it just it happens when a when a story gets older. Uh, they get shingles.
0: They got chicken pox when they were young, so mm-hmm. it's Lives already the spinal in them. Fluid, so oh, jeez. It's uh, uh, it's just the <laughs> way it is. I thought it was a joke. It kind of killed the mood a little. <laughs> 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 well, if you're new to the podcast, welcome and. Uh you should know before we go into this uh for ghost stories Dave and I like to really do our voices. <laughs> well, it's a podcast of voices. We like to do voices. We like to to find just a, a good mix of okay, to really fucking dumb stories that are out there either on the internet or in some of the books. Uh,
1: I feel like that you're almost
0: apologizing and it disgusts me. No, I'm not. I'm. I'm just letting somebody know what they're in for. <laughs> if they've never heard a ghost story episode before, uh, this is to prepare their bums. Yeah. There's nothing
2: you can do to save them at this point.
0: We get pretty silly.
2: Well, these. No, I mean by silly you mean terrifying. These stories are going Sorry, to yes. sodomize your imagination.
0: Your imagination will grow up and and probably go through uh, a, a number of prisons, yeah. Yeah, uh, in and out of of, of there's halfway there's houses. There.
2: There's nothing that sentence needed more than a follow-up explanation.
0: <laughs> but you know what? Your imagination's got a golden voice.
1: <laughs> oh no. No. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're right. But anyways, that's that's what we got. We got a uh, good selection this this uh year. Yeah, this we year do. has some yeah, fine we do. vintage stuff and We'll see what we can can get into. Yeah. The um, Tommy character came out of uh, last year's, wasn't it? Was it last year's? Yeah, last Boy, year's or, or
2: one. I feel like sometime. it was last year, but
0: yeah, time is flying.
2: Indeed, it is.
0: I guess. I guess we can we can launch, huh?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, we can, and we shall.
0: <laughs> Who's going first? What are, are we? What are you, we
2: doing? You are Flora, or am I going first? You know what? Let's rock, paper, scissors it. Oh, okay. This is exciting. One, two, three. Shoot. You got it.
0: All right. So am I going?
2: Uh, I think that means I'm going first.
0: All Prepare your bombs. Prepare your bombs. <laughs> Exfoliate. This story is called Bloody Mary. I've heard it.
2: Shut up. Okay. <laughs> she lived deep in the forest in a tiny cottage and sold herbal remedies for a living like Secret 12, Bioavailable Selenium, Brain Force, Lung Cleanse. These are top-grade nutraceuticals that not only
0: help your body, but they also help fund the war. (laughs) What was that? Like, seven words? (laughs) Seven words in. (laughs)
2: Yeah. We are up to the races. Well, listen... She's the one, she's, she's selling monoatomic iodine or whatever.
1: Old
2: Folks living in the, in the town nearby called her Bloody Mary, said she was a witch. None dared cross the old crone for fear that their cows would go dry, their food stores rot away before winter, their children take sick of fever, or any number of terrible things that an angry witch could do to her neighbors. Bags full of feces set aflame on a porch. (laughs) She called the (laughs) s*** Then the little girls in the village began to disappear one by one. No one could find out where they'd gone. Grief-stricken families searched the woods, the local buildings, all the houses and barns, but there was no sign of the missing girls. A few brave souls even went to Bloody Mary's home in the woods to see if the witch had taken the girls but she denied any knowledge of the disappearances. Still, it was noted that her haggard appearance had changed. She looked younger.
1: More attractive. Hubba, hubba.
2: Cougar sound.
1: (laughs) I know you want to.
2: The neighbors were suspicious, but they could find no proof that the witch had taken their young ones. Then came the night when the daughter of the miller rose from her bed and walked outside followed an enchanted sound no one else could hear the miller's wife had a toothache and was sitting up in the kitchen treating the tooth with an herbal remedy
0: herbal remedy
2: probably Biome defense 50 mixed with a little bit of survival shield x2 <laughs> she screamed for her husband and followed the girl out of the door the miller came running in his nightshirt together they tried to restrain the girl but she kept breaking away from them and heading out of town The desperate cries of the miller and his wife woke the neighbors. They came to assist the frantic couple. Suddenly, a sharp-eyed farmer gave a shout and pointed towards a strange light at the edge of the woods. A few townsmen followed him out to the edge of the field and saw Bloody Mary standing beside a large oak tree, holding a magic wand that was pointed toward the miller's house. She was glowing with an unearthly light as she set her evil spell upon the miller's daughter. The townsmen grabbed their guns and their pitchforks and their tanks and their bombs and their zombies, zombies, and (laughs) ran towards the witch. When she heard the commotion, Bloody Mary broke off her spell and fled back into the woods. The far-sighted farmer had loaded his gun with silver bullets in case the witch ever came after his daughter. Now he took aim and shot at her. Good thing he wasn't nearsighted? Was it just an astigmatism? The bullet hit Bloody Mary in the hip and she fell to the ground. The angry townsmen leapt upon her and carried her back into the field, where they built a huge bonfire and burned her at the stake. As she burned, Bloody Mary screamed a curse at the villagers. If anyone mentioned her name aloud before Amir, she would send her spirit, not she herself, just her spirit, to revenge herself upon them for her terrible death. When she was dead the villagers went to the house in the wood and found the unmarked graves of the little girls the evil witch had murdered. She had used their blood to make herself young again. From that day to this, anyone foolish enough to chant Bloody Mary's name three times before a darkened mirror will summon the vengeful spirit of the witch. It is said that she will tear their bodies to pieces and rip their souls from their mutilated... bodies. (laughs) These... (laughs) The souls of these unfortunate ones will burn in torment as Bloody Mary once burned, and they will be trapped forever in the mirror. So they will they will be torn apart, then the souls will be ripped, then then what's left gets burnt, but what's left after the burning. I love is- a good
1: origin story. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just a lot of Bloody Mary is really, really belt and suspending this uh, situation. <laughs> That's the story
1: of Bloody Mary.
0: Well, well, well. Yes. That's news to me. Did not know that's how she got started.
2: Yep. That's how it goes when you're Bloody Mary. (laughs) Bloody (laughs) Mary. (laughs) Why you (laughs) bugging? She's stealing Gelflings. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Era, era. I hope that's the last we've heard of old Bloody Murray.
2: Oh, me too.
0: Um, let's see. What have I got? I have a sh- story here. This one, Dave. Uh-huh. Oh, pucker, pucker them butts. <laughs> pucker them butts cheeks. <laughs> this one's called
1: the buoy.
0: Wait, is that the boy with a weird accent? Shut up, shut up. No, it's this it's the sea implement. It, it's the sea what do you, what is it? An an equipment? The sea object.
2: It's a piece of nautical thing. hardware.
0: Not it's the nautical hardware. Yeah. Alright. Three years ago I went camping with my parents on the coast. The campsite was on a cliff, and there was a set of stairs that led down to a beautiful sandy beach. Ooh! It was the height of summer, and there were a lot of other people there. (laughs) Take a poor girl and do what you want. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that got weird. It was around noon, and my brother and I were on the beach. He decided to go for a swim in the ocean while I blew up a rubber dinghy my father had brought for me. <laughs> there was a buoy floating in the ocean. My brother dived off the rocks beneath the cliff and swam over to it. After a while, I heard my brother shouting something. I looked up and saw that he was at the buoy. I rowed out to him in the rubber boat, and when I got closer, I could see that he was clinging tightly to the buoy. He was trembling and his face was pale. I came up beside him and tried to hold the boat steady. "'What's wrong?' I asked. "'Did you get a cramp in your leg or something?' "'Loser!' (laughs) "'Pulled! My arm! Girl, help!' he cried. "'What happened?' I asked, alarmed. "'Did somebody do something to you?' "'Cut! Little kid! Drown! Hair!' he shouted. (laughs) "'I thought this was a word association game, "'and so I played along. "'Blue Moon, Darth Vader,' Monkey wrench, I said. No, that's not in there. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I had no idea what he was saying. I pulled him into the rubber dinghy and I noticed that he was bleeding from the shoulder. I rowed back to shore, listening to my brother babbling incoherently about something or another. He might have been playing an improv warm-up game. I'm not sure. On the beach, I put my arm around him and helped him up the stairs to the top of the cliff. We returned to the tent and my parents had a look at his wound. There was a small hole in the flesh on his shoulder, about two centimeters wide. I knew knew the metric system, by the way. It was as if something had passed straight through his arm. When my parents had dressed his wound and he had calmed down, my brother told us what he had seen. He said he was floating in the water near the buoy, just daydreaming when he saw a child floating next to him. Gross. It was a little girl with long black hair. At first, he didn't pay any attention to her, but then he started to wonder what she was doing out there all alone. She looked directly into his eyes, and he got a horribly unpleasant feeling about her. He said he felt there was something evil about her. Then she began hissing,
1: Die! 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 Jesus! Jesus!
0: and all of a sudden she wrapped her arms around his neck and started trying to pull him under the water. She was trying to drown him. My brother struggled to get away from her, but he became tangled up in her long black hair and felt himself sinking. He thought he was going to drown, but he managed to grab onto the buoy. He couldn't swim back to shore, so he screamed out for help and desperately clung to the buoy, trying to keep his head above water. He tried to push the girl away with one arm, but his fingers seemed to melt into the child's face. Her wet hair wrapped around his neck and began choking him. He felt himself losing consciousness and closed his eyes, praying that something would save him. If you didn't arrive when you did, he said, I wouldn't be alive right now. My parents and I didn't know what to make of this story. They thought he must have fallen asleep while he was swimming and dreamed it all. I thought he was delirious from the sun and had had a hallucination. None of us believed him. (laughs) I mean, come on, that's a a (laughs) stupid story. Two weeks later, the wound on my brother's arm still had not healed. On the contrary, it had become extremely swollen and looked like it was infected. Gross! It was super f***ing gross, bro. (laughs) My parents brought him to the hospital and they took an x-ray. The doctor said there was some foreign material in the wound that was causing it to become infected. They decided to operate on him. After the surgery, the doctor came in to talk to my parents. We removed all foreign matter, he said. The injury should heal now. Thank you, doctor, said my father.
2: Dr. former
0: President Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me how our son got this wound?
2: Well, I got to tell you. I've seen I've seen better injuries on a child, but I feel like I feel like he's gonna pull through.
0: I think he's gonna do okay. I think I think uh, he's gonna be just fine. He's a good kid. He's working hard. It, now, who wants to go to McDonald's?
2: Y'all, <laughs> y'all have y'all had one of them McGriddles. Oh, <laughs> those, those are good. Those'll get me. Ken Ken Starr couldn't touch me. Those McGriddles will be my downfall.
0: <laughs> We're not sure," replied my mother. He was swimming in the ocean. The doctor looked extremely serious. "'Is there anything the matter?' asked my father. The doctor told us to follow him, and he brought us into another room. On a table, there was a white cloth with something laid out on it. "'These are the foreign objects that were in your son's wound,' he said. When we saw what it was, we were horrified. It was a mass of long black hair and tiny human teeth. Gross. Afterwards, my brother recovered from the operation but he's never gone back to swim in the sea. I still can't believe what my brother saw that day, but the memory of that mass of black hair wet with blood and those tiny children's teeth still sends cold shivers
1: down my spine. Booy booy cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. cha cha giddy giddy giddy
2: Nice! <laughs> This ghost says buoy. Buoy. Oh, I like that. Pretty
0: good. I enjoyed it. That is my spookiness for now. What do you have? Oh, okay. I found another
2: story totally unrelated to the previous one. Okay. This story (laughs) is called Bloody Mary Returns. It's a sequel. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's <laughs> a sequel. <laughs> I found a story called Bloody Mary Returns.
0: God. Ooh, and it's got... Uh, Vin Diesel. It's got some sauce in it. Uh, Hen- Henry Caviezel. Yep. And e- Evil Knievel in it. <laughs> and now, prepare yourselves for the unmitigated terror. I can't.
2: The unrestrained horror. We won't. The The poorly chained up frightfulness. I not Of.
1: I can't. Bloody
2: Mary Colin returns. My stepmother was vile. I guess most kids think that when their father remarries, but in this case, it was true. She only married father because he was rich and she hated children. There were three of us, me, my name's Marie, of course. My middle brother, Richard. And my youngest brother, Charles. Don't forget that I'm the girl. <laughs> we were the price my stepmother, Goethe, paid for being rich. And we were all that stood between her and inheriting father's money when he died. So she took steps against us. She sent my youngest brother, Charles, away to boarding school overseas. It had a good scholarly reputation, but it also had the reputation for being a hard school that was full of bullies and strict discipline. You know, how a school can get a reputation that it's full of bullies. <laughs> full of bullies.
1: bully school.
2: Not a place where a delicate child like Charles, who had been sickly as a baby, would thrive. He was miserable there. Somehow, Goethe contrived to keep him there for all but the summer holidays, and when he came home the first year, he was pale and thin with dark circles under his eyes that looked like bruises. He cried. He actually cried when father told him he had to go back to the school. But father didn't listen to him. Goethe thought it would be good for Charles to go there, and so Charles went. Me, I did everything I could, encouraging letters and daily phone calls and Goethe said it was too expensive and restricted the calls to five minutes once a month. I even got father to book me a ticket to Europe so I could visit Charles. Goethe was enraged when she found out. Her blue eyes went so cold it made chills run up my spine, and her pink mouth thinned into a bitter line that bade ill for me since I had dared to interfere. (laughs) Two days before my plane... (laughs) Two days before my plane left for Europe... The school called and told us that Charles had climbed up the tallest tower and flung himself off. He was dead. Father was shocked, of course, and Goethe was quietly triumphant. For a few months, Father paid more attention to Richard and myself than he had since our mother died. But Goethe was beautiful and had winning ways about her that soon drew my father's attention away. Oh, uh, I know what that means. The kind you don't take home to, Mother! <laughs> She's got winning ways. Winning ways. They're super winning now.
1: <laughs> when I got home last night.
2: <laughs> she started killing children. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, yeah. And now that one of her hated stepchildren was dead, she focused on another. Poor Richard was next. Poor in the uh, doomed sense, been I mean, quite quite wealthy, quite oh,
1: wealthy. Richard. I see.
0: Poor Richard's almanac
2: Richard was a sturdy chap who was about to enter high school. By the way, no one in America says the word chap, so sending someone to Europe if you're already in England, not quite such a trip. <laughs> Richard was a sturdy chap who was about to enter high school, and he was really into sports. He would have thrived at the boarding school that had killed Charles. He had a secret bully living within him that was dying to come out. So Goethe sent him to an art school instead. He hated it, but Goethe had told father that he had talent. So there he went. Open parenthetical. You'd think my father would have learned his lesson with Charles, Close parenthetical. But Richard was a survivor, and he grimly practiced piano and violin when he would rather played soccer and football. But Goethe was clever. She introduced Richard to a couple of high school boys who were everything Richard craved to be. Rich, which he already was, popular, and on the football team. (laughs) And into drugs.
1: What is this story?
0: This is like fucking cruel intentions.
2: Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah, this is like flowers in the attic I'm holding out for the incest. <laughs> Goethe made sure Richard had a very large allowance and kept increasing it as Richard was drawn deeper and deeper under the influence. Until one day, Richard overdosed, and Goethe only, Goethe only had one stepchild left. Me. That is a very indirect and elongated plan. Mm-hmm. I was sure. Sure! That Goethe knew Richard was doing drugs in his room that day. She knew he was ill and possibly dying in there. If she'd, quote, found him even ten minutes sooner, his life would have been saved. She's not a doctor. So said the doctor. And I believed him. But father wouldn't believe me. He was angry whenever I said anything against Goethe and told me to hold my tongue. Still, I knew I was next, and I was sure that father would not live long after willing his fortune over to his wife. I decided that if Goethe got too bad, I would run away and live secretly with my aunt in New Jersey. New Jersey! Until I turned 18. From the moment Richard's body was found in his room, I forced myself to be a model child. My homework was done on time. I was polite to Goethe and all her friends. I went on all the family excursions with Goethe and father. Even the dangerous ones, like shark
0: fishing.
1: What is... what...
0: I did not make that part up. No, that is- it's in there. Who is this dipshit? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. First of all, why are you being nice to someone who you think is going around killing your, the children of your father? Second Tho of all... So wait.
2: Th- wait. You're saying that after the first two children died in chronological order, now she wants to take everybody shark, shark fishing? fishing? Man, you can keep this lemony snicket sh.
0: Bullsh- Uh, All right. So what happened? Shark fishing. (laughs) Shark
2: fishing. I don't think that exists. (laughs) I think it's just fishing (laughs) or fishing for sharks. (laughs) You can be sure that I took care to be, quote, seasick indoors and stayed away from the edge of the boat.
0: Oh, she's thought of everything.
2: Goethe was clever with her tricks. Everyone thought it was an accident at the time that we were out shopping and I fell onto the subway in front of an oncoming train. I managed to roll out of the way in time, but it was way too close for comfort.
0: (laughs) You know, lying under the platform as, as the train sped past me, no more than a foot away.
2: I shall ignore the part where the implication is that I was shoved under the train by Goethe, then survived and had the opportunity to explain to father that I was attempted to be murdered. As I said, we'll be moving on. I had almost decided to run away when my father brought me the sad news that my aunt in New Jersey had suddenly died in her sleep. Poisoned by person or persons unknown. I was appalled. How had Goethe known? But she had. I could tell by the smirk on her face. Oh,
0: Goethe's Natalie Dormer. That's so, why no. father's like, shut up. Let me <sighs> have this. <laughs> I don't know who Natalie Dormer is. Oh, um, Smirking Whore from High Garden? I have not read that book. <laughs> Girl from the Tudors.
2: <laughs> I know the show you're referring to, but I would love it so much more if it was about a bunch of rednecks who farted all the time. <laughs> Next week on the Tudors. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: here, here we go. I got it.
2: Um, oh yeah, she is the smirk lady from Game of Thrones. Yeah. From, from Oh High Garden. Gotcha. Now. Who's the real monster here? The woman who is simply trying to acquire wealth in the world's oldest manner? Or the little girl whose only sadness for her beloved aunt is that her little plans got foiled? <laughs> she's not sad for her aunt. She's just sad that she doesn't have someplace to crash this weekend.
0: Crash until she's 18?
2: Yeah, well, is, is her aunt going to like... I mean, if the dad's not paying any, any attention to any of this, how do we know the aunt's not in on it? I went to my room that night and locked myself in to think. I could run away, but the money wouldn't last long. What money? Yeah. And I'd need to finish high school if my chances of getting a job were nil. Okay. Okay. Besides, Goethe would still be out there somewhere. If She could hire someone to poison my only living relative. Besides father. She could hire someone to kill me, whether I was living at home or not. There was only one thing I could think of.
0: Kill her. And it was a terrible thing. Kill her yourself.
2: A family secret passed down from my mother's side for many generations.
0: How to kill someone?
2: It involved a witch named Bloody Mary.
0: What? No! No! The secret <laughs> is a knife in the throat!
2: Who had once tried to kill. <sighs> who had once tried to kill my many times great grandmother. And used the child's blood to make herself young and beautiful forever. (sighs) The witch had been stopped by the child's father, my many times great-grandfather, in the nick of time, and the witch had cursed him as she burned at the stake. Cursed his mirror, and the mirrors of all men who had condemned her to death at the stake, so that anyone saying her name in front of these mirrors would invoke her vengeful spirit. Waited a real long time to play that card, lady. The story had gotten mixed up over the years, much like this one, as it was passed down first in their village and then all over the country. These days, school kids everywhere scared themselves silly by chanting Bloody Mary's name in front of darkened mirrors during sleepover parties, and nothing happened to them. So no one really believed in the curse. Of course, no one knew the real story of Bloody Mary. That was a deep secret handed down by the villagers of long ago. But I was a direct descendant and I knew well how to summon the witch. You had to use a mirror owned by someone in the direct bloodline of one of the original families that lived in Bloody Mary's village. And the witch's name must be spoken by candlelight a certain number of times in their native tongue, English. (laughs) Again, this is another hint that this tale takes place already in Europe. (laughs) It was an evil thing to do, I knew. But it was the only way to save my life. It was either Goethe or me. Again, this lady's name is Goethe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I didn't fight back, I was dead. So I took my hard-earned money and went out to a specialty store to buy hand-dipped beeswax candles.
1: Black ones.
2: I followed my mother's directions carefully. "Come, Come to my side, my loving daughter. There's something you must know when invoking the malfeasant spirit of the dead witch. Purchase only artisanally made candles, and they must be black, not gray. (laughs) I followed my mother's directions carefully. After getting your candles, you'll want to place them carefully at certain intervals around the living
0: room. My daughter, please tune in to public (laughs) access channel 666. Vardantius, the Unclean will explain to you how to summon a witch. To do your
2: bidding. Well, hello, neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) I followed my mother's directions carefully, placing them at certain intervals around the living room so that they reflected in the huge mirror behind the couch. Then I lit each one, speaking the spell passed down in my my mother's family. Trippingly on the tongue. And I waited. Father was away on a business trip, and Goethe was out at a party with her latest boyfriend. Or... She, she, she came home late and scolded me for staying up to for me for staying up to study when well, I wasn't up studying. I was preparing to invoke her voice was playful and light. I hated that voice. it made her sound like she was nice, but there was also a note of suspicion underlying her words, and she stared hard at the flickering black candles,
0: holding a seance,
2: little Marie. She asked, emphasizing the word little, knowing I hated it when she called me that. I just like working by candlelight, I said mendaciously. M-E-N-D-A-C-I-O-U-S-L-Y, mendaciously. And turned a page in my textbook. Goethe frowned.
0: You know, little Marie, I think it's time we had a talk.
2: She said, walking over to the mirror behind the couch and primping her hair. Yes, I said softly, we should. You killed my brothers and my aunt, but I won't let you kill me. Gertel
1: laughed.
0: (laughs) As if you stood a chance against me, she
2: said, fluffing her long blonde hair behind her shoulders. I spoke the name of Bloody Mary in the native tongue of my ancestors. English. English. Once, twice, three times the the Bloody Bloody
1: Mary. Mary.
0: Like a rhinestone cow.
2: (laughs) Inside the mirror, the image of Goethe burst into flames, and another face looked out. It was the malevolent face of a twisted old crone, ruined with age and altogether evil. I ducked behind the chairs, Goethe gave a scream of sheer terror. Her eyes fixed on the witch. As I watched from my hiding place, heat burst forth from the mirror, blistering her beautiful alabaster skin. I could hear the flames roaring as the witch laughed evilly and held out her arms toward my stepmother.
1: Goethe
2: crooned Bloody Mary.
1: To me,
0: <laughs> Sorry, I just had something in my throat. Uh, Goethe, come to me, Goethe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> these are good cigars. <laughs> and she took my stepmother into her arms. <gasps> Goethe's terrified scream was suddenly cut off. The flames disappeared as suddenly as they had come when I peeked out from behind the couch. Goethe and Bloody Mary were gone. I called Father at his hotel the next morning to tell him Goethe hadn't slept at home. Well, it was true. Also, she a ho. (laughs) He wasn't pleased. He called a few of her friends from his hotel room and quickly discovered that she had been carrying on with another man. With several, if truth be known. Father idiosyncratic as it may be hated infidelity (laughs) one of his pet peeves he flew home at once to confront Goethe but she was still missing presumed to run away with one of her flames get it (laughs) somehow father managed to divorce Goethe without ever trying to find her (laughs) and since she had no family in the area except us everyone accepted the cover story and no one ever tried to locate her Goethe was gone for good and Father and I were safe at last.
0: That is a sequel. Jesus. They dumped all the money into like a fucking writer's workshop or yeah. something.
2: Well, that's what happens. You know, you get... Uh, a movie successful, you know, a small indie project. It gets a ton of money thrown at the the sequel. They bring in new directors, and nobody likes it. That's right,
0: man. Super long story. I thought I was an asshole because I'm bringing a, a super long story to the table too. But yeah, sorry. The sequel you know, that that it was
2: a sequel. There was,
0: was just just how it had to be. I mean, they 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 built on the success of the the first movie. <laughs> Yeah, and then
2: uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll tell you this. Just so that you know, my next one is not nearly as long. No, don't don't worry about it. They're they're ghost stories. Shorter. Who gives a shit? Okay, I'm just saying. I just don't want you to worry about it. I don't want. Hey, don't worry about it. I mean, it's not a haiku. Okay, so don't be a dick. But don't worry about it.
0: Don't be a dick. But don't worry. I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm intrigued by this story that is kind of like your classic Cinderella mur- murder mystery, and then oh oh. Deus ex machina, Bloody Mary. Yeah. Now she kills the father, and there's nothing that happened to her, right? Like uh, the the girl, she summons Bloody Mary, just like that's her her parlor trick. And it would have been cooler. There's no repercussions for that,
2: right? It would have been cooler if Gerda was using Bloody Mary to bump off the family. Yeah. And then the girl, like, figures out how to flip the script at the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Gerda's actually using Bloody Mary. To get high with Charles. <laughs> yeah. Months and months of getting high and screwing Charles. Oh, what or, a
2: long con. Or Gerda's using Bloody Mary to bump off the
0: kids. Then
2: the kid tries to use Bloody Mary to bump off Gerda. Bloody Mary's like, I'm not a murder robot. I'm an old witch who fucking hates kids. <laughs> Fuck you. Way to go, Gerda. Get paid. And then kills the third kid. <laughs>
0: Or maybe Bloody Mary was using Gerda. Oh, yeah. There were so many things that are left on the writer's room floor. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Wow. Wow. That, well, that's a first for us. A uh, a double. Yeah. I've double, yeah, never double. had a
2: sequel to a ghost story. Yeah.
0: Uh, all right, Dave. My next tale of terrifying, torturous. Ta 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 ta
1: ta The Shadows.
0: And I'll tell you, the main character's name... is David. (laughs) When David's father got a new job, the family had to pack up and move to a new town. David wasn't happy about the move. He had to leave his entire life behind All 13 years of it, and he was nervous about having to go to a new school and try to make a bunch of new friends.
2: Because David was a
0: dick. David, I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Life. (laughs) Now go play! (laughs) On the day the family moved into the new house, David just carried his boxes into his new bedroom, but he didn't bother unpacking anything. Instead, he decided to go outside for a walk and take a look at the new neighborhood. As he was walking down the street, he met a teenage boy who seemed to be about the same age as him. Are you new here? The boy asked. Yeah, said David. We just moved in. My name's Greg, said the boy. Welcome to the neighborhood. Wait a second. You didn't move into the Grady house, did you? "Uh Uh-huh, David answered. I think so. Why? You mean your parents didn't tell you? Greg gasped. (gasps) David shook his head. The Grady's were the family that lived there before you, Greg said, glancing over his shoulder to make sure nobody could hear. There was Mr. Grady and his wife and their daughter, and the whole family disappeared without a trace. What happened to them? David asked in disbelief. Greg shrugged. One morning the neighbors noticed the front door was wide open. When they went inside, there was no sign of them. Their car was still in the driveway, their clothes were still in their wardrobes. Everything was in its proper place as if they just stepped out for a moment, but there was no trace of them. It's like they just vanished into thin air. That night over dinner, David decided to ask his parents if they knew what had happened to the people who had lived there before them. "Some kid from down the street told me the family left one night and never came back," he said. David's dad and mom looked at each other. "I never heard anything like that," his father said. That boy must have been spinning you a tall tale, said his mother.
2: Boys lie.
0: That night, as he was lying in bed, David overheard his mom and dad talking in hushed tones downstairs.
2: Oh yeah, no, 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 yes,
0: yes, no, yes. They were hanging a picture. (laughs) (laughs) He's bound to find out sooner or later, his dad was saying, shh, his mother warned. David might hear you." As he lay there in the darkness, David thought he saw something moving out of the corner of his eye. He looked around, straining his eyes to see in the dark, but there was nothing there. David reached out and switched on his bedside lamp. He looked around his room to make sure there was nothing there, then he slowly settled back down into bed and went to sleep. The next morning, his father came in to wake him. As David rubbed the sleep out of his eyes, his father switched off the bedside lamp. "'Fell asleep with the light on last night,' said his dad. You idiot "'Uh, yeah,' David answered. "'Sorry, Dad.' "'All that day, David tried to forget what had happened the night before. "'It was ridiculous,' he told himself. "'He was really being a baby. "'He hadn't been afraid of the dark since he was a little kid, like two years ago. "'Now, he must have been half asleep and imagining things. "'That night, however, when he went to bed, he wasn't so sure anymore.
1: "'Whoa!'
0: He climbed into bed and turned off his bedside lamp. His bedroom was filled with dark shadows. He had won a crate of them at the local Costco. (laughs) That's right. It was Johnny Depp everywhere. He lay there, his eyes darting from side to side, watching the shadows. Then his room seemed to grow suddenly colder, and in the inky blackness under his desk, there was movement. David's eyes locked onto the spot. His breath came fast. There was nothing there. There couldn't be. Then it moved again. It was shapeless, like a blob. And it didn't move like an animal. It flowed like water. Out from under the desk and straight for the foot of his bed, David screamed and shot his hand out to switch on the light. The electric glare drove the shadow back where it pooled on the floor under his desk. What's the matter, honey? Asked his mother as she ran into the room. His father was right beside her. I I I thought, I thought I saw something moving over there. David's voice broke. Ah, under the desk. David's father flipped on the room light, banishing the shadows. He knelt down and looked under the desk. There's nothing there, he announced. The shadow, David insisted. The shadow was moving. His mother sat on the edge of the bed and smoothed his hair. You were having a bad dream, dear.
2: Yeah, you're pretty stupid. Yeah.
0: Go back to sleep, my little idiot.
2: You're acting like a little bitch.
0: David, what if I told you about being a little bitch?
2: You gonna be a little bitch? You gonna be a little bitch? Be a little bitch.
0: Little bitches don't get dinner. I can treat you like a little bitch if you want. <laughs> Is that what you want, you little bitch? You want to be a little bitch? You, you got two choices: simple. sleep or be a little bitch.
2: Yeah, you want to play it like a little bitch? You'll get
0: treated like it. <laughs> Talk s***, get hit. Talk s***, get hit. Now come hang this mirror for us. <laughs> <laughs> You (laughs) you little bitch David opened his mouth to argue Then realized he was a little bitch (laughs) And it was useless His parents would never believe him And in the bright light of the ceiling lamp He wasn't sure he believed it either It sure had seemed real though Yeah, he said I guess so Can I leave the room light on, please? His father looked annoyed But turned the light back on Then his parents said goodnight And left the room For the next few nights, David slept like a little bitch with his bedroom light on. (laughs) He knew his father was less than pleased about it, I mean the bill, right? One day he heard them in the kitchen talking about his fear of the dark. They were both worried about him and his father thought it was nonsense. David walked slowly back to his room and sat on the bed. Maybe his dad was right, he was too old to be afraid of the dark, but it seemed too real to be a nightmare. That night, he tried sleeping with the lights off. In the middle of the night, David woke, everything was deathly quiet. He slowly sat up in bed and looked toward the corner of his room. In the faint light cast by the street lamp outside, he could see an enormous shadow stretched halfway up the wall. It had no definite shape, but flickered and shifted like black fire. He tried to tell himself it was just the shadow of a tree or something else, but as he watched... Shadow came rushing toward him. David screamed like a little bitch and grabbed the bedside and grabbed the bedside lamp, fumbling.
2: I will never get tired of this. Fumbling
0: with the switch as he desperately tried to turn it on. Just as the shadow reached his bed, the light came on and his parents came running into the room. What's wrong? His mother asked. His father stood in the doorway with a strange expression on his face. Perhaps he was realizing that he raised a little bitch. (laughs) David babbled out the story through his tears. The shadow, it almost got me. (laughs) His mother held him and tried to calm him down. It's all right now. We're here. Don't worry, you little bitch. (laughs) David wondered if he was going crazy. He knew his parents probably thought so, which made him feel worse. He finally calmed down but only after talking his parents into leaving the light on before they went back to bed. The next day dawned gray and drizzly and quickly grew worse. Thick black clouds rolled in to cover the sun. The wind began to blow hard and David watched his father lock all the patio furniture in the garage. Then, with a flash of lightning and a crash of thunder, the rain began. Huge drops shot down from the sky and shattered against the ground. Very, very descriptive. Yeah. The, win- the windows rattled with every gust of wind, and it looked as if somebody were washing them down with a hose. The sound of the rain pelting against the pavement outside was loud enough to be heard inside the house. Since four o'clock, the sky had been pitch black. David was huddled on the couch with his mom, watching television, shivering like a little bitch. <laughs> his dad sat in his chair, reading. David was glad to be inside on a night like this. A blast of lightning lit the sky, and the thunder that followed seemed to shake the house. David crawled further under the blanket with his mom. Gusts of wind pushed at the house. Suddenly, the room went dark. (coughs) The electricity must have gone out, his father said. David felt like his heart was going to stop. No electricity? That meant no lights. What are we going to do? he whispered. It's all right, little bitch, said his mother. We've got some candles. His dad went to find the candles while David and his mother waited. It's all right, David, she said again. But the shadows... His mother sighed softly. Tell you what, why don't you sleep with me and your dad tonight, okay? David sighed with relief. His father came back with a candle and a box of matches. He lit the candle and placed it on the bedside table. Suddenly, they're in bed. (laughs) Yeah. I told David he could sleep with us tonight, his mother said. Damn it. David's father didn't say anything, but he knew in his heart, David was a little bitch. Thanks, David, for
2: booting me out of the bone zone. <laughs> These pills aren't cheap, David. You gotta take them an hour in advance.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Mom, said David as he hugged her. Then he hugged his father, too. It felt like he was hugging them for the last time. <laughs> Soon, his parents were dozing off, but David was too frightened to sleep. He lay there, watching the shadows moving in the flickering candlelight. Occasionally, a flash of lightning lit up the room and drove the shadows back, but only for a moment. They quickly came back, creeping across the walls and crawling across the ceiling. David watched as long as he could, but his eyelids were getting heavy. Just then, there was a noise. It woke his parents. ''What was that?'' his mother asked, startled. ''I don't know,'' said his father. But now do I have two little bitches in the house?" (laughs) Dark shadows loomed over the bed. David looked at the candle. It had burned down almost to the bottom. It began to sputter. His dad got out of bed. His mother was watching anxiously. Then all of a sudden, the candle went out. "'Get the matches, Dad!' David cried. He heard his father fumbling around in the darkness. "'Hurry, Dad!' David sobbed. "'Hurry!' Suddenly, a match flared, and in the dim light, he saw his father standing by the bed. David breathed a sigh of relief, but his face twisted in terror as he saw a long, dark, shadowy hand reach over his father's shoulder and wrap around the match, extinguishing the flame. The next day, Greg from down the street was walking by and noticed the front door open and police cars in the driveway. He asked around and was told the police responded to an anonymous call and that David and his parents were nowhere to be found.
2: Sometimes, to this day, the wind blows down the street. a uh, Chilly October afternoon. Little bitch. Little oh, bitch. What, what, is, what, is, what, what did that anonymous call to the police say?
0: Um, excuse me, uh, police. Hi. <laughs> L- look, I-, I think you need to go check out this house. Uh, I believe we've got a little bitch missing.
2: We got a missing we- bitch. I'd like to file a violent missing <laughs> little bitch report. Yeah. We, we had to take out his parents cause you know, they, they, they contained within their DNA, just nothing but bitch <laughs> batter. So, <laughs> so we had to take them out too. We didn't know if it was from the father or the mother's side. So it's
0: just a clean yeah. and sweet. You don't take chances when a little
2: bitch like that comes along.
0: <laughs> you know what the last thing we need in this neighborhood is? Little bitch. <laughs> All right. I, I got one more story here. For All me. right. Where, where are you taking us this
2: time? This next tale is entirely different. It's called Bloody Mary Whales. <laughs> it's a trilogy, bitches. Oh, it's a Bloody Mary trilogy, but this is Bloody Mary
0: Whales like CSI Miami, like it's taking place in Wales. Bloody
2: Mary, whales, but not, no, not whales in England. It's, it's whales as in plural sea mammals. Really, Bloody Mary, (laughs) whales. W H A L E S. (laughs) Oh, so if you get the world's biggest mirror (laughs) and and keep it in the, the upper pelagic layer and just go. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Beluga Mary. <laughs> oh, oh, oh.
0: <laughs> okay, so yeah, so for real though, this is what you're you read. This isn't a joke, and, <laughs> yeah, and no, also like somebody real. just got the homophone wrong. <laughs> I think oh, so. God, well, right, yep. can't wait for this one. All right. Here we go. This is.
2: Bloody Mary 3, Bloody Mary Wales. Old Man Wales was an evil man who loved money more than anything in the world, except his wife. In his lust for wealth, he supplemented his farm income by catching runaway slaves, uh who were escaping to freedom through Indiana. Indiana? Indiana's pretty far north. That, <laughs> Yeah, pretty far north. Okay.
0: Yeah, southern in mentality, though.
2: Wales would chain the ex-slaves up in his barn cellar until he could collect the reward on them. When he couldn't find slaves, he'd capture free men and sell them into slavery. When the Civil War ended slavery, it was a disaster for the evil Wales, who no longer had a profitable source of income to supplement his farm work. Then his beloved wife died childbirth. That is the sentence. His beloved wife died childbirth. (laughs) Overnight, Wales fell to pieces. He hated the child. A little girl named Mary. that had killed his wife. I I, I, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I think that they're going like the Halloween thing where the first two were related, but the third one, they're, they're, they're turning it into more of an anthology of horror. With a loose theme around it? Yeah. Uh, he neglected her. The child named Mary. Dressing her in rags. Making her do all the farm... Choirs. <laughs> Choirs. C-H-O-I-R-S. What is that supposed to be? Chores. Oh, God. Where is this <laughs> found? Stop it. This is literature. In spite of this cruel treatment... Mary grew into a sweet girl who loved her wicked father. By even starting a band called Wicked Father. (laughs) With wise. (laughs) As Mary reached adulthood, the resemblance to her dead mother was striking. I don't like where this is going. Wales saw his dead wife every time he looked at the daughter who had caused her death. One night, after a hefty bout of drinking... Whales lumbered into Mary's bedroom.
0: Why is the guy called Wales?
2: I don't know. Stop. Why
0: is this guy called <laughs> Wales?
2: Dude, sh- it's just about to happen. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Wales lumbered into Mary's bedroom and stabbed her repeatedly. Mary woke screaming and thrashed around in agony, trying to fight off her demonic father as blood spurted everywhere and bits of torn flesh littered the bedclothes and fell to the floor. When she was dead, Old Man Wales carried her down to the basement, dug an indifferent grave, and tossed her body into it. Indifferent. Okay. (laughs) Two nights later, Old Man Wales came back from doing his nightly chores. He found Mary standing in the kitchen, her nearly severed head lolling against one shoulder as she stirred an empty kettle. A pool of steaming blood lay beneath her feet, and bits of skin from her knife-slashed face were breaking off and falling into the kettle.
1: Jesus Christ! It's, what is this?
2: It's just, uh, it's just two brothers, man.
1: <laughs> Five!
2: Bloody Mary hissed. Old Man Wales screamed and leapt out the kitchen door. When he glanced over his shoulder, the apparition was gone. A week later, Old Man Wales looked up from reading the newspaper to find Bloody Mary sitting in the chair opposite him, her knife slashed dress covered in blood. Her tattered hands were busy knitting him a shirt.
1: Father.
2: <laughs> she hissed through knife-scored lips. Blood fell from her body like a rain as she flew across the room toward him, knitting needles held like knives. Old Man Wales fled from the house in a panic with two deep cuts scored across his back. Old Man Wales (laughs) cowered in the barn for several days, afraid to go near his house. After nearly a week of sleeping in the hay and eating raw food from the garden, he decided it was safe to return to his house. The spirit must be gone by now. I mean, they only have eternity. Old man wails. <laughs> <laughs> the kitchen, eager for a wash and a shave after sleeping so many nights in the barn. He pumped an, an ewer of water and took it over to the little shaving mirror they kept on the far wall. They? Did, did Mary use the, the shaving mirror?
0: <laughs> she kicked her leg up on the counter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> when he looked in the mirror... Old Man Wales saw the glowing red eyes and knife-scored face of Bloody Mary. Her once-fair lips were split down the center and blood dripped from them as she smiled evilly. She hissed, raising blood-stained fingers. Her nails were long and sharpened like the claws of a beast. She reached out of the mirror and slapped her father twice across the face. Tish, tish, Old man Wales screamed.
1: Father, you're a little bitch.
2: <laughs> Old man Wales screamed, blood streaming from four slashes in his cheeks. He ran from the house and leapt into the safety of the barn, his heart pounding so hard his chest ached with it. <laughs> A voice hissed softly a few paces to his right. (laughs) Old Man Wales screamed and whirled around. Bloody Mary stood smiling at him through her blood-stained, razor-sharp teeth. Her tattered tongue was bleeding from several places as if it had been scored by a butcher's knife. She pointed above her head, and Old Man Wales saw a noose hanging from the rafters beside the ladder to the loft. The rope looked inviting. Hanging there in the dust-speckled sunbeam.
1: Yeah. Obediently. Almost as if he were her little bitch. Old, old man Wales
2: placed his hands on the rung of the ladder and started to climb.
1: The end? No.
2: Question? No. <laughs> Roll Credits so uh the uh the 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 slave the slave trading has nothing to do with anything um i don't know why his name is wales um but i did enjoy this and i'm gonna uh, hold on one sec um seven sentences start with old man wales (laughs) yeah so that's uh that that concludes my bloody mary trilogy for this
0: year. so in the In the third edition of it, they cut the budget for the writers, cut the budget for the actors, put all the budget into the special effects and and gore.
2: Yeah, they put it all into blood, and I feel like they may have gotten, like, Samuel L. Jackson. Nope, nope, that wouldn't work. They got, like, uh, like one expensive actor to be Old Man Wales. It's like that guy who's like, yeah, you can make a movie. This is your budget. It's got to have one
0: location. It was um. It, it was Robert Duvall. Yeah, there you go. They All got right. Robert Duvall to be old man whales, old man whales. That was terrible.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's what wow. happens when you go when you go for the 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 full American yeah, the full trilogy. trilogy.
0: Yep. Did a dirty, dirty. Okay. Woo! Right.
2: Whale. 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 I old old man whales. Old man whale. <laughs>
0: I've only got one more here. Okay, is it a perm? And it's a perm. Good, because I'm not going to accept anything but a perm. Found this. Couldn't believe I hadn't found it before. It's kind of silly, but I've got a uh, a a poem by Robert E. Howard. Yes, that Robert E. Howard. Great. It's called Conan the Barbarian. (laughs) The poem? No, it's not. It's called Dead
1: Man's Hate. Oh that's a good name.
0: They hanged John Farrell in the dawn amid the marketplace. At dusk came Adam Brand to him and spat upon his face. Ho, neighbors all, spake Adam Brand, see ye John Farrell's fate. Tis proven here a hempen noose is stronger than man's hate. "'For heard ye not John Farrell's vow "'to be avenged upon me? "'Come life or death, "'see how he hangs high on the gallows tree!' "'Yet never a word the people spoke "'in fear and wild surprise, "'for the grisly corpse raised up its head "'and stared with sightless eyes, "'and with strange motions, slow and stiff, "'pointed at Adam Brand "'and clambered down the gibbet tree,' the noose within its hand. With gaping mouth stood Adam Brand like a statue carved of stone, till the dead man laid a clammy hand hard on his shoulder bone. Then Adam shrieked like a soul in hell. The red blood left his face, and he reeled away in a drunken run through the screaming marketplace. And close behind, the dead man came with a face like a mummy's mask and the dead joints cracked and the stiff legs creaked with their unwanted task. Nin fled before the flying twain or shrank with bated breath, and they saw on the face of Adam Brand the seal set there by death. He reeled on buckling legs that failed, yet on and on he fled. So through the shuddering marketplace the dying fled the dead. At the riverside fell Adam Brand with a scream that rent the skies, Across him fell John Farrell's corpse, nor ever the twain did rise. There was no wound on Adam Brand, but his brow was cold and damp, for the fear of death had blown out his life as a witch blows out a lamp. His lips were writhed in a horrid grin, like a fiend's on Satan's coals, and the men that looked on his face that day, his stare still haunts their souls. Such was the fate of Adam Brand. A strange, unearthly fate. For stronger than death or hemp and noose are the fires of a dead man's hate. All right. boogity,
2: Pretty cool, huh? S- spook, spookily. Look out for that.
0: <laughs> I actually, I really like the uh, the term, the dying fled the dead. The description. Yeah. That is pretty sweet. Robert E. Howard, take that Chromcast. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to the Chromecast. They're great. They're great yeah, people. Do it. All right. Okay. I I, I also
2: have a perm. This Get time. out. Well, uh, my lovely lady bought an amazing book called Monsterverse. Poems Come back. <laughs> back. <laughs> called po- Monsterverse, Uh poems human and inhuman. <laughs> it's a whole book of them. Wow. Uh, yeah. This poem is by a gentleman named William Bear called Monster. Oh, simple. It slithered down the funeral parlor halls coming like a plague, a death, a pox on all their houses sliming across the walls above the silent dead thing in her box. Oh, whoa. Yeah, yeah. It stared, then laughed grotesquely, unconcerned, and self-absorbed. But when her oh-so-grim companion entered the room, the monster turned. Sensing an urge to rip him limb from limb, but decided not to bother. No, instead, it craved the dark and left skulking as far away as could get from the newly dead. Outside, it quickly scurried towards my car, getting inside somehow, then turning the key staring in the mirror, looking at me. He was the monster. It was him the whole time. The whole time. Who was the monster? Twas he. (laughs) So there you go.
0: Oh, man. Another ghost story edition in the books. (laughs) Yep. What a journey we've been on. Let's think back fondly on
1: uh,
0: <laughs> all the stuff that we've had.
1: Bloody Mary, Mary, Mary. The buoy booy trilogy. Little bitch, bitch, bitch.
2: <laughs> really, oh. you're really squeezing that little bitch sponge out.
0: Well, I don't. I don't want it to get all moldy. I gotta gotta let it dry out. So, and now it's time to look back in anger, for there's one thing that hasn't come to pass. What? But will.
1: What? Ponds, 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 ponds. Ponds, 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 Snub, snub, snub,
0: snub. snub. (laughs) Okay, Uh, you go, Flora. I'll go first. Well, there was a time when a kid was out swimming in the ocean and he felt something try to grab him. He kicked at the spot where he felt it and someone floated up, but he couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman. And it asked, do you really want to hurt me? Oh Jesus! It was Bowie George. Nice,
2: nice. Do
1: you really want to make me? <laughs>
2: There's a uh, an old tale that back in Victorian times, uh, there was a guy who was a the 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 village ditch digger. The thing is, he didn't give a shit about your floors. He if you if, if he was passing by, he'd just come in for a cup of water and. Just just track just track dirt all over the place. and everybody hated him. and uh, so they, they ganged up on him and they just murdered him. But it's still said to this day, if uh, if you don't put uh, all your brooms away properly and you don't mop regularly, the direct descendants, the bloodline of those who committed the murder will be haunted by
0: Muddy Larry.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yep. yep. Muddy Larry. That is actually scary.
1: Isn't it? <laughs> I don't know
0: if you've heard this story, but uh, a man was hanged once for a crime he didn't commit. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the real killer framed him and made what, fun what of was him. The, who was the real killer? It, it was the cousin of Muddy Larry. It doesn't cousin. matter. It really doesn't matter, but nice try. The real killer framed him and made fun of him for saying he would, he would get revenge. After gleefully watching the man be hanged, the real killer made his way home. But as he was going up the steps of his porch, his foot flew out from under him and he fell backward, landing on his neck and dying. The framed man had his revenge after all, when down the steps rolled the dead man's skate. That is a
2: that is uh, war crime. <laughs> what you just did. <laughs> I, I, I try not to judge any pun, but that one is indefensible. Here you know, we got a new uh, uh, sponsor for the podcast. Who is it? Sometimes in order to stay safe from the ethereal powers of darkness and, and murderous mayhem and evil, you, you can't just trust that a flashlight will turn on. Sometimes not even a candle can be relied upon to get you through the night as the shadows close around you. Uh-huh. That's why Blurry Photos is proud to offer Little Bitch Brand Shadowproof Matches. <laughs> Just try blowing them out, you little bitch. <laughs> Bet you can't. Bitch, you can't. <laughs> bitch, bitch, you can't. <laughs> little Bitch Brand Shadowproof Matches. <laughs>
0: Not windproof. <laughs> this, this needs to be on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like a hand with a a match and like shadow fingers all around. <laughs> little bitch, Brand. <laughs> shadow poof glasses
2: matches. To make it till dawn, you're gonna need a little bitch.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Shadows hate little bitch. <laughs> oh, that's good. I haven't I haven't gotten a good uh product product for a while. So
2: Yeah. It's good to get some new sponsors for the yeah. podcast.
0: That's right. Joining in C- cackling, Crone and the like.
2: That's right. Maybe that would be a good shirt. It's just list of sponsors. <laughs> Every product. So I guess the only tale more terrifying than the ones we found are the ones that you send to us. In listener man. First email here is from Arachnoschism. That's a pretty f***ing serious name. Wow. Greetings, Dave and David. Greetings. When I was but a wee child, my mother and I lived with my grandmother, who bred and sold exotic parrots out of her basement. As she had over 200 birds, taking care of them was basically an all-day job, often causing her to work late into the night. As she toiled one evening, she had a fall that caused a blunt, upright rod, a cage stand with no cage, to puncture her arm. As she wasn't a... Yeah. As she wasn't a particularly heavy woman... We all found this odd and alarming. She later admitted to feeling someone or something push her. A few weeks later, my my mother went downstairs to see my grandmother on the ground in a great deal of pain yet again. This time she went to the hospital whereupon the doctor asked if she had been in a car collision. She had fractured vertebrae and hip accompanied by numerous bruises front and back. Uh, My grandmother once again recounted that she'd been standing at her wood-burning stove when she was pushed by what felt like a pair of hands which in that stove was 15 feet from where she was found. And so the family brought in a medium uh, who walked into the house, didn't like the stink of things, and walked right back out um, and said that there wasn't a spirit in the house, but a dark malevolent force and refused to re-enter. Uh, nothing else has happened since his grandmother's death, which was unrelated, uh, but strange things still occur in the basement. And anyone who visits uh, will still mention that they were scared. They felt frightened in the basement. Which is pretty, uh, pretty terrifying. Not a pun, guys. Not a pun. This is a genuine story about a parrot breeder.
0: Man. Yeah. Yeah. The way the way it started out, I was like, "Oh, this is a setup for a a, a deliciously painted pun." But no, no. This for is a real. true story
2: of spooky terror. God, that's nice. awful. Thanks, an anachroschism. Arachno no arachnoschism. Forgot it's a spider guy. Floor, what do you got?
0: Got one here from Adventure Chick. Whoa, she
2: sounds like she's up Ba-da-dum. for
0: adventure. Ba-da-dum. I'm reading in for love advice. Love in asterisks. Uh, My guy is a huge fan of blurry photos recently got me into it. Hey, nice. way to go, your, your, your guy, her, her guy, uh, Mr. Chick. So one night I was being a bit, uh, a bit amorous and decided to include blurry photos into the evening. Oh, wait till f***s
2: Hey, everybody. Uh, <laughs> here's a disclaimer that you hate to hear, but not as much as me and Flora hate it. Uh, so apparently my side of the audio decided to uh, choke and die because it was just too scared from these tales of terror. So you're going to get... Uh, I'm going to sound weird for the rest of this, this, this champagne jam for the next uh, chunk of time there. So... Sorry about that, but uh, at least it was at the very end, so we didn't have to redo some stuff. So, thank you. You guys rule. Uh, Maybe it was a ghost. Boo!
0: Adventure Chig then goes on to describe in vivid detail, leaving nothing to the imagination, spared no expense, what she tried to do to uh, her significant other, with not only her hand, but blurry photo sound effects involved.
2: And a sweet reference to the late 80s War of the Worlds TV show, which I fucking loved. I used to watch that
1: every week.
0: <laughs> and she says, either way, it was a flop. My question is, how do I best incorporate blurry photos into our love life? You two seem to encourage such things, so you must want us to bring blurry photos in the bedroom, right? Yours, an incorrect aperture shutter speed adventure chick. <laughs> um... Yeah. Oh, um, oh no, 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 no. I mean, I think it'd be sexy if you were just like, hey, you're my little bitch now.
2: Yeah, I think that you should do do what Flora and I do, which is never bring the podcast into the boudoir, um, which is a hilarious irony in that for a long time we recorded the podcast in Flora's boudoir. It's, it's,
0: it's, the, it's the best absorption of sound. <laughs> here's the thing I would say this
2: adventure chick and I and I uh, and I think you and I agree in a lot of things because I'm just so impressed that anybody remembers the late 80s war of the world's TV show we have a lot of opinions on what you should be doing sexually um, but I mean just uh, as you go through the podcast you'll hear I mean in the coming months I'm gonna start talking about Foxmas again the the uh, also known as Saturnalia
0: hmm the longest night of the year. Yeah.
2: You will log in.
0: <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs>
2: it's it's the it's sex holiday that we've invented. And that's when we're going to really tell you about what you should be doing in the bedroom. But I'll be honest, I don't feel like this podcast is going to enhance anyone's sexual pleasure, is my feeling. Flora?
0: Ditto. What do you think? Uh, yeah, Second. seconded. I do like that you incorporated the
2: succulose sound, the Franken duck noise, but boy,
0: yeah, what a shocker!
2: <laughs> nice, well played. But I love where your head's at, Adventure Chick. Full points to you. Our apologize to your gentlemen.
0: Thank you, Adventure Chick. Uh,
2: I got one from Dragons in Genesis. Dragons in Genesis uh, has a request um, because uh, our our tunes only go so back back so far. For A crypto botany episode. Oh, and do really? I have good news for you. We did do a crypto botany episode. Anyway, we, we did do a crypto botany ap- episode. Please check out blurryphotos.org on the uh, archive page. Every single episode we've ever done. And uh, as episode I Episode
0: 62. Off,
2: yeah. We, uh, we are also working on a, a, a way to get everything onto iTunes uh, as best we can so that. So all that is, it is as easily accessible as our newest episodes are. So yeah, um,
0: I I am. I have made progress, Dave.
2: Sweet. I love progress. It's my favorite kind of grass.
0: Yep. I hate that Congress. Everybody (laughs) does.
2: uh, (laughs) Dragons. Genesis also has some mundane superpowers. I think the Greeks were the first to play with that idea. Cassandra had the gift of prophecy, but no one would take her seriously. That got me thinking of another superpower, One that would be infinitely frustrating. The ability to know the winning Powerball numbers, but only after the cutoff time when tickets for that night's drawing are no longer sold. That's all for now. Take it easy. Oh, wait. P.S. I think my girlfriend must have sent you a story concerning cropes and blurry photo sound effects. (laughs) If so, I'm the guy you read about. Oh, is (laughs) that (laughs) Yes! <laughs> oh, dragons in Genesis, we owe you quite an apology. We did not mean uh, to uh, to in- inspire that sort of m- maneuvering. And um, if you need anyone to talk to, we're we're here.
0: Well, here's uh, the de- here's the thing, Dave. What? That's not all that Adventure Chick sent us.
1: Oh shit!
0: We actually from from her and Dragons in Genesis, we got two beers. From wild, wonderful West Virginia, what? there's a Mothman beer, there's a Sasquatch beer, and the next time you're in town, which may be soon, maybe sooner yeah. than we think uh we we are going to crack those open, get into some some real madness, and try out some real cool crypto beers uh yeah. so thank you guys for that and oh, that is awesome. Dragons in Genesis is not only the name of the person that sent this. But the podcast of this gentleman who sent this to us, all about taking the stories in the Bible and laying out the contradictions and actual history that uh, uh, pertained to that time period. That's a ton of work. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of thought, a lot of co- uh, comparison to history, a lot of work in ancient text versus how they were translated. I've listened to the whole thing.
1: Oh,
2: that's kick ass
0: yeah, he's got a number of episodes on there. I love it if yeah if you're interested at all in in hearing more about uh, uh that kind of stuff because you know you you hear about it, but you never have it laid out for you yeah and and it's nice to have somebody who's done that for you <laughs> true so so good job, dragons in genesis it's a it's a very interesting uh podcast, so I've checked it out. I enjoy it so there there you go. That's kick ass. Uh, moving on here. We've got one from Eric. Hello, Eric. Just finished the Anger Watt episode. The Mustang or Watt muscle car was only rivaled by the Camaro. Oh,
2: <laughs> that's pretty great. I like that. that. It's
0: awesome. Thank you, Eric. Uh,
2: got an email from Dave Flora. There's This is a guy named Dave Flora. He writes, hey, guys. I'm a hey. Kentucky, I'm a Kentucky supernatural comic artist slash author named Dave Flora, who regularly gets people who come up to me saying, "Did you know about the other Dave Flora, who is technically a David Flora, the guy doing podcasts?" Nope, I had no idea. But how cool is that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love so. it. I love it that that n- neither you or I ever have someone come up to us, but someone. <laughs> Someone else is slurping up all of our fame in the world. <laughs> all of our love- street fame. <laughs> oh,
2: that's, that's awesome. No, that, that means that, that that we're the... Does that make us the most famous Dave's? I, I don't think that's how it works.
0: No. Uh, Plus, I think but, there's a restaurant name.
2: But if uh, if you uh, check out DaveFloraPresents.com. You can check out his artwork and everything. Uh, you know, Flora's helping Flora's.
0: <laughs> I guess so. I, th- it, this baffles me.
2: There's another. There's another Dave Stecco uh, who lives, I think, in, in Pennsylvania or something. That yeah, I'm related to. And uh, I hope to high hell that guy's life is, I have a hope that I'm making his life just a nightmare. I think that I'm um, pretty sure that I'm the alpha David on the internet. <laughs> I think that when you Google David Stecco, I think yeah. I I win.
0: I think that Ken Height, when when he was first on our show, when he I, the first time or two he was on, I think he would tweet being like, "Hey, I I was just on blurry photos with Dave Flora and Dave Stecco," and he would like link you your Twitter, and then he would link this poor guy's Twitter.
2: Oh, because <laughs> you don't have Twitter. Yeah, because i f- Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we're going we're to reverse that in about three minutes. So don't worry. But this is that
0: th- this is particularly crazy because he is also from Kentucky. And I I highly doubt I am related to him unless it's like way down the line somewhere. You know what I mean? You're right. Like I, I've never known of, of another David Florey in Kentucky. Well, he's out there. Pretty crazy. He's
2: buying a hi-fi stereo on your credit card.
0: And paranormal author artist like love it what what is going on matrix you're better yeah. than this my doppelnamer is
2: pretty bland so i'm doing all right which by the <laughs> way uh registered trademark the, the the phrase doppelnamer.
0: yeah well dave uh sorry i'm on the field of battle i'm gonna have yeah. to do you mate <laughs> i'll do
2: you for that
1: uh, <laughs> there can, we're not a, we're there not can
2: only a, be one that means something different here in the states.
0: Well, thanks for writing in, though. Yeah.
2: Thanks, Flora. Nice hearing from you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I got a great uh, email from Frost Gamer. Uh-oh. Uh oh. With a bunch of really cool stories about his family and their uh, their escapades in Mexico. Uh, really, really kind of cool, spooky stuff. That uh, they're pretty involved, so we can't really do the whole thing here. But it's badass. So, thank you very much. Uh, Thank you very much, Frosty Gamer. These are badass. Flora, what do you got?
0: Well, looks like we got a little email here from, oh, let's see. What does that name say? I think it's Peyton Bob. Oh, 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 Peyton Bob. It could not possibly be
2: Blurry Photober without the touch of Peyton Bob, (laughs) without one sweet coat.
1: (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) Peyton Bob says, many years ago, I was painting for an old German guy. At the end of the job, he came over, wearing a wife-beater t-shirt, and, <laughs> and pointed to something on the ceiling. I happened to glance down and caught sight of SS lightning bolts tattooed under his arm. Now, being this guy was about the right age to have been in WW2, and not wanting him to have to kill me to keep his secret, I never said anything. Don't hate. He was pretty creepy. But he paid well. Well, of course he did. He's got that stolen gold. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> from
2: his hidden secret bunker. Yeah. You, should have asked, you should have asked him where the Antarctic bases were.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How to get to the hollow earth.
2: Did you hear that? That this week, uh, the Russians yeah. found uh, a secret Nazi base uh,
0: it, it, in the Arctic. It, it was in the Arctic. Yeah. 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 That's kind of cool. Crazy. Uh,
2: always awesome to hear from you, Peyton Bob. And also, you know, we have never f- mentioned Flora. Like a couple of stew gotches. What? We find we watched the movie he sent us. We watched Zorro the Gay Blade with Richard Hamilton. <laughs> we had a really good time with that. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Peyton Bob. Up next, we have an email from Snarg the Inert. <laughs> Can't
1: react to anything.
2: Unrelated to Snarg the Lanthanide. <laughs> um Hey, keep up the great work on the show. Just wanted to let you know that I'm working on a fan subreddit. Oh, Hey-o. It's not done yet. You can check it out at uh, reddit.com slash slash blurry photos.
0: Very wow. cool. Thanks, yeah.
2: Snarg. I'm, now I'm, I'm immediately terrified because, of course, we're reading emails from August and it's October. So
0: Downvote, 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 downvote. <laughs> if you're on Reddit, everybody go check it out and, and just... Yeah, throw, throw your upvotes there, or whatever you do, yeah. turn turn the like dials, or kick the heart crotches, or whatever it is. What, I don't know.
2: Uh, whatever you guys did for Bernie Sanders, do it for this. <laughs> 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 uh, I'd want a proper Sandersing on this. <laughs> Thanks, Snarg the Inert.
0: Thank you, Snarg. Got one here from Upset Tugboat. honked honk, bleh. I just want to tell you how much I enjoy your show. Thank you. Oh, no. I feel it necessary to inform you, inform you. You have been misquoting a certain line from the venerable Ralph Wiggum. Uh-oh. You use a statement of yourself seeing a baby and the baby waving at you to denote your skepticism of a subject. The actual line is, Mrs. Krabappel and Principal Skinner were in the closet making babies, and I saw one of the babies, and the baby looked at me. End quote as you see, there is no mention of waving. So
1: f us, Dave. Yeah.
2: F us hard. <laughs>
0: uh also have a suggestion for what to call the fans of the podcast, blurry photographers. Too late, upset Tugboat. <laughs> we We have already named them, and they are blur Reavers.
1: Blur
2: Reavers. I'm also still a, a big fan of just shortening it to Reavers. Yeah. Everyone's everyone's afraid of Reavers.
0: Right. Love the show, upset tugboat. Well, thanks, thanks,
2: thanks, thanks tugboat.
0: tugboat. Yeah, I guess we do say wave a lot.
2: That's how. That's we have to do it that way. Otherwise, that we get sued by the litigious. <laughs> that's right.
0: We knew what we were doing all along.
2: <laughs> the litigious James L. Brooks. He's famous for it. We have to be careful. We got a one last email here from Yoshi. Uh, writes, "Hey there, David's. Hi. When I was looking for new podcasts that covered supernatural topics and such. I came across yours and wondered." what the hell Lori? photos. Oh. How the hell are you going to show me pictures through a podcast? But I was listening to campfire ghost stories three, which is the, which is, it, that, that's an interesting place to start. First one. Yoshi ever listened to hmm. and you had me when, uh, Dave Stacco read, hold him tab. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow.
2: Uh, I love the satirical humor you put, yeah, which is a hell of a thing because it's mostly just referencing.
0: Candy <laughs> chat.
2: Uh, chat. Which, you know what's weird, Flora? I got a text message today from a friend of mine who, who just started listening to Ghost Stories 3 hmm. and and was saying how much they enjoyed Hold'em tab. Weird. Yeah. That's hilarious. I uh, love the satirical, satirical humor you put into everything. You guys should do more. Oh, uh, <laughs> panzer schnitzel stuff. Oh, uh, Hel- Helmut Helmut. and panzer. Uh, honestly, you guys, German accents are hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and Eleanor Fay had me laughing so hard. I spit out my coffee into my lap on my way to work. So thanks a lot. Blurry photos <laughs> and a pun. Uh, a bank got broken into one night, and millions were stolen. When security checked the cameras to see who robbed the bank, all they saw was the vault opening by itself, the money floating out the back door, and the audio caught nothing but the howling and wailing. Even some of the things in the bank were misplaced or moved with no explanation as to who or what moved them. The newspaper called it the Poulter heist. Oh, yo! <laughs> nice.
0: Thanks, Yoshi. Thank you, Yoshi. Dave, I, I want to read a real short story. Uh, we we promised this from Verity last week, oh, since it's since it's topical and creepy. Uh, Verity says, "When I was little, my biggest fear and most common nightmare would be getting separated from my parents. On one occasion, I dreamt I was in a huge supermarket and had lost my mum. There was no one around, but I could hear talking and shouting, lots of noise. But the store was abandoned. As I ran around the aisles, I managed to get into the warehouse." However, instead of being a regular store, it was a steam-filled machine warehouse. This this smells like fucking uh, Freddy Krueger or something. You right? Suddenly, a huge floating head appeared above and began threatening me. The face was male, middle-aged, and rugged with a white beard. I woke up not long after being taunted. However, as I began to wake, the face remained there, laughing, fixed upon my bedroom wall before it slowly sank back into it then all went quiet. I'm pretty sure I was paralyzed with fear as I don't remember running out to my parents. I moved out of that room soon after, but have now moved back in, sleeping in the exact same spot where the head loomed out at me. I have not yet faced the face again in the land of Nod.
1: Creepy.
0: The the face of Lorne Coleman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: Oh, Lauren Coleman! <laughs> I know, I know that face now. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't before, but
0: uh, no. Oh, great, great! Well, thanks everybody for writing in. Yeah, you guys are magnificent. Thanks for a, a super fun blurry photober twenty sixteen oh, in the books.
2: We did it. It's locked in. We've we can't done it. You guys. it now,
0: We've done it. No matter
2: what you say. Yeah,
0: unless you're a little bitch. <laughs> Don't forget to go over to Facebook if you haven't yet. Like our page.
2: Yep. Do those things.
0: Go to Twitter. Blurry underscore photos is where we're at. Don't forget to uh check out the ladies at CandyChat, candychat.org, at Candy Chatters on Twitter. They're up to some fun things uh these days. I think they're gonna put out a Halloween episode soon, maybe more. Right. Got audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. If you'd like to get a free audiobook, hey, we're not telling you how to live your damn lives, but if you wanted to live your lives with an audiobook for free and help out your favorite podcast, there's where you go to do it. Exactly. Come on, people. Only little bitches don't have audible trial memberships.
2: It's just really, really gonna, just gonna keep hitting that. It's just never gonna
0: stop. That's... Oh, now it's a problem? Hmm? <laughs> Nope. Nope. It was a problem before. That's right. It was was a problem a while ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Sounds like what a little bitch would say.
1: (laughs) You got me. I (laughs) am. I can't get away from it.
2: You really got me sewn up
1: here.
0: (laughs) Go over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Please. Something something fun. If you don't want to write a bunch, just say, hey, don't be a little bitch. (laughs) I love little bitches.
2: Yeah. Love
0: them. Dave, Dave, what else we got going on?
2: Well, You know what, Flora? There's something that we, we have not done all through the month of Blurry Photober. And now it, we finally can. It's a song that goes a little something like this. A few more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween,
1: few more days till Halloween, blurry photos. That's right, Blurry photos. Dreadless. The is now up and running. Go to dot
2: com. (laughs) 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 And international shipments. That's fans from around the world get shirts, sweatshirts,
0: furnishings,
2: and guns. <laughs> yeah, so we got our, all of our shops. We got stories. We got, we got ways to buy shit from hell to breakfast. So uh, we got links and all that stuff. So check it out. If you have ever wanted something uh, that had our garbage on it, then get that. And it doesn't get matter it. what country you're in; you can get that's it. That's right. You can. Everyone gets everything now.
0: Blurryphotos.threadless.com. All kinds of options for for styles, colors, designs. Literally. Shipping.
2: Get a a sofa cushion. I'm not lying. You can yep. get a pillow for your dance. You can get a
0: shower curtain.
2: That's <laughs> <What>? the. It's <that's laughs> nuts. <fucking> shower curtain. <laughs>
0: It's it's expensive as fuck, but you can get it. Okay, leave that part out. Come Who cares, on. man? It's fucking expensive. Nobody's gonna get a shower curtain. <laughs> All
2: right, I mean, if if you're you're if you want to cut yourself off at the oh, angle, shut up! Nobody's that.
0: getting a fucking uh, shower curtain. They're they're uh, like eighty dollars
2: yeah, shirts. The shirts are okay. They're probably also more than you want to spend. Uh, shipping is like a million dollars. Yeah, $1,000 I'm, I'm really,
0: off. I'm really making the empire crumble here by by saying the <laughs> shower curtain. Eighty dollars. Go get one.
2: <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Uh, if you get a shower curtain, we'll send you a shirt.
0: <laughs> that is true. That is true. I will do that. No,
2: that's actually not true because we don't think we make very much off that. It wouldn't. It wouldn't work out for us at all.
0: <laughs> Whatever. Yeah.
2: I heard that if you kill someone and wrap it in a blurry photo shower curtain, the police will never find the body. So, might be worth it for that.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, okay. Don't tell them to wrap it <laughs> in a shower. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah. Get whatever yeah. you want. It's it's all great on there. We also have uh, uh, four design, yeah, four designs in the uh, blurry photos store on our site, plus a mug. Yep. So. Yep yeah don't don't forget those things
2: yeah the the designs that we have on our website uh are a little bit cheaper than than what's on uh threadless so if you're in the if you're in the states and that's the kind of design you want it might make more sense to buy it off our site um but this is like the best way for us to get the most options and the most stuff out easily to people so dive in go nuts i mean literally lose your fool ass minds because the holidays are coming up and you know what Treat yourself. Treat yourself, little bitch. You know who else you should treat? Chicago Podcast Cooperative. Listen to them, little bitch. (laughs) Chicago Podcast Cooperative. Listen to them, you little bitch. (laughs) Sure that they'll appreciate that. Uh, What else we got? Did we do everything else? Oh, I do. I have something. I have something. We get a lot of downloads every month because you guys are magnificent and I could never properly express how much I appreciate that. And as, as you guys know, I listen to a lot of uh, Infowars and Alex Jones because I find it limitlessly entertaining. And so, so this guy mentioned that he had a, a Facebook page, and it's like this, this really horrifying. I mean, it's, it's not even like a, a red versus blue, left wing, white, right wing, just, just like a, a xenophobic hate page functionally. And he had more likes than us, and that can <laughs> killed me. We have, we have thousands of listeners. So if you haven't taken a moment to like Blurry Photos on Facebook for no other reason, not a, this isn't about advertising or, or or anything. I just want more likes than that sack of shit. I want more likes than a, than a, than a sack of shit I found on the internet. That's it. So that's, that's my special plea. If you haven't done it, just Facebook click. Done.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. It's a very good we're point. Better,
2: we're better than a racist sack of shit. That's our next Blurry Photos t shirt <laughs> slash bumper sticker slash for refrigerator magnet slash mug slash shower curtain slash uh, the shower cap, you know, <laughs> so your quaff doesn't get wet. Uh, we're also going to make uh, toothbrushes that say that and uh, doggy poop bags. Those are also $80. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But you gotta have them, because it's the law. But don't
0: undercut it. Don't undercut yourselves. (laughs)
2: Uh, Buy the shower curtain. Make Flora stupid. Make him wrong. Buy the shower curtain.
0: (laughs) God, what a a clever long play. (laughs) What a disgustingly clever long play. I
2: don't think I'm going to come out ahead on this one, Flora. I think you're going to win this one. I don't know. (laughs) It's going to be like Darling Deering all over again.
0: I've got to make that option available to, for more designs, then. Yeah, you do. You really do.
2: So, uh, so there you go. I think we've covered everything. I'm delirious.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We well, we we got some stories about this uh, this recording, but uh, <laughs> they, they, they might they might get locked in the old vault. <laughs> right. What what do we even mean? <laughs>
2: I don't know. It's too late night now it's late it's like two in the morning almost
0: it's uh everybody thank you for a great blurry photober hope everybody had fun one more time
2: (laughs) yes glorious flora and uh hey guess what's guess do you hear do you hear the jingling of sex bells around the corner Here comes Christmas. Here comes Christmas all night long. Here comes Christmas. Oh Christmas. Here it comes Oh, oh God,
0: <laughs> that's so terrible. It's, there's Shit. no good way to thread
2: that oh. needle. It's it's just the really breathy. Here comes F- <laughs> oh man, this that might be the crown jewel in in my collection of wor- of terrible ideas. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow, all right. Well for this episode of Blurry Photos and Blurry Photober, I have been, you guessed it, David Lil Bitch Flora.
2: <laughs> yep. And I have been Dave Bloody Mary Colon Origins. Fall twenty seventeen Stecco.
0: <laughs> a full year to make it.
2: <laughs> yep, yep. It's, we're we're prequelling it and it might even turn into a reboot. Who can tell?
0: Gosh. Bloody Mary, colon, five.
2: So, Goethe. <laughs> she wouldn't even
1: talk to me.
2: <laughs> oh. But, ha- hashtag Mark's remix. She
1: is Bloody Mary.
2: She is Bloody Mary.
1: <laughs> Bloody
2: Mary, what you say? Bloody Mary, what you say? <laughs> all so right, all right. Everyone loves Rick James. It's free real estate.